1-877-878. Silver is a number. Guildhallwealth.com. Registered accounts. And a reminder once again, it continues uh, for every $25,000 U.S. or more invested in a registered account like a TFSA. Five grams of gold will be yours, courtesy of Guildhall, up to 10 grams. Some restrictions, conditions apply. Go to the website for uh, for more details. Fellas, Jeremy, Darren. Hey, John. How are you Happy Canada Day. Absolutely. Happy Canada Day. Absolutely, and happy Canada Day weekend to all of our listeners, whether you're listening on Saturday or Sunday or around the globe via our podcast. Uh, It is an interesting weekend indeed. Lots of weather things that are happening that are probably preventing the otherwise joyous and momentous occasion that we so uh, long for this time of year. So I hope everybody's spending it with friends and family, enjoying themselves, and uh, don't overindulge. But this week on the show, we're going to keep it pretty light. Last week, we talked about the margin accounts at Guildhall. We have a little bit of an update on the market and where we stand, what our expectations are coming into the July uh, season, into August and September, coming out of the second quarter now. And uh, we do have some information we're going to talk about regarding Argyle Diamonds. So definitely tune in, stay tuned. There is some very inf- very good information that's going to be shared with our listeners this week. And we'll get started basically, John, with what uh, happened during the week. There was not a lot, economically speaking, that really pointed towards any significant change in gold or silver. Suffice to say, nearing the end of the week, the U.S. economy started to shake a little bit and falter. I saw most of the major indexes weaken from Thursday out till Friday. And we did, in fact, see the U.S. dollars start to tumble. So If that continues into next week, expect the traditional correlation between gold and the U.S. dollar to take effect and uh, most likely drag gold higher. Now, most of you may have already purchased or been in the marketplace and are listening because you know about uh, gold and silver. And for those that do, that correlation is something that's been in place for a very long time. We'll spend a bit of time this week talking about currencies in general, but uh, overall, the week that was had both gold and silver in a trade uh, trading range of about uh, half a percent either way, and both metals stayed flat week over week, again, presenting what will conceivably be the tail end of the summer doldrums as we approach the uh, July and August buying periods, which usually spark up the uh, beginning of the fall season for which metal and gold, uh, specifically gold, uh, are known to gain in pricing. So we're very excited about that. And of course, we're going to share a little more about that as the show progresses. And we also saw a flash crash in gold, which was the most random thing we've ever seen in this market. Uh, And things are starting to get a little weird in this market in that respect. We saw a flash crash going into options expiry. There was a lot of commentary about that that signaled a bottom in the market. Um, I actually went to review Scotia Makata's outlook on precious metals that they wrote in in December, and so far it's looking pretty accurate. They were saying that uh, they felt the bottom was in in the market, that the market had turnaround over the last couple years, and that um, last year we saw the price of silver get up to about $21. They think that the market could get back up to that level Mm. as well this year, and that they were saying that the market bottom of just under, I think the low $14 range was something that we wouldn't see this year. And that's something we haven't seen this year, even though the market has had, you know, pullbacks and attacks on the market uh, since the beginning of the year. But again, so far so good in this market in terms of strength at this base that we're, that we continue to carve out in precious metals. So I think this is an interesting time. And what's interesting a lot about this market is that even though the price looks to be, for lack of a better word, boring in a way, even though both metals are up on the year uh, quite well, is the buying in the background, the actual physical market, not the paper price, but the physical market. We did hear last week, It's con- we're continuing to hear it again this week, that uh, the Royal Canadian Mint is having some issues with its 100-ounce bars and uh, the delivery issues there um, are real. 
there is a lack of product. We see very strong buying in the market as well. So, you know, there is this motivation to get into real assets, to hold something that is real, that does have value to it, um, that can't just disappear overnight. And, and so people are moving into the precious metals range. It's just one of those things that right now we're seeing the savvy stealth investors getting involved in this market. And we want to see more people getting involved in this market at this point. You don't want to wait until the price of silver has broken through that $1,850 level and then really starts running or gold really does break up above that 1300 level and start running. This is the opportunity to get involved while it's still incredible value. And on that point, I was talking with a client this week and I said, you know, look, it's probably very difficult to believe and understand, but gold today at 1250 an ounce US is more undervalued today than it was when it was trading at $250 over 15 years ago. One eight seven seven eight silver is that number, guildhallwealth.com. Reminder, I didn't mention off the top of the show, the Precious Metal Advisor, the Investor Kit. Make sure you get that and look at it uh, when you're online as well, Darren. Well, for a minute, John, let's take just time out to talk about the Precious Metals Advisor. As our clients listen and know, they may have fully subscribed to this particular newsletter and been getting it for a while. But for those that don't and would like an opportunity to find out a bit more about this particular newsletter, Simply put, it's something we put together every week that gives us a little bit of highlight in terms of what's happening in the marketplace. And generally speaking, we include a bit of data about any specials we have week over week that might uh, include for be included in both gold or silver that could be taken advantage of, whether you're a monthly buyer or whether you're taking your product home or just want to take advantage of something uh, on a spot basis. We include some articles from the week that we've pared down and looked at as a team and uh, posted either to our LinkedIn group or to other various spots, and we send that out in the newsletter as well. And then you'll get uh, from time to time personal commentary that's included in that particular newsletter that'll shade a little bit of... uh, give us a little bit of light in into what we expect to happen in the market. And that is something we do for free for people up to 12 months. And then, of course, if you're an ongoing client, that's free of charge. And then otherwise, uh, that's a subscript on a subscription basis. But either way, it's something that we pride ourselves on getting out every week to our clients, and we're happy to do. Now, that being said, on the heels of what Jeremy was just talking about, it's, I find it very odd that we heard Janet Yellen this week, uh, head of the Federal Reserve, chairperson of the Federal Reserve in the U.S., and basically she speaks on the behalf of all the central banks uh, in the U.S. and, of course, all the member banks of the central bank in the U.S., and she has stated that in our lifetime she does not expect there will be another financial crisis. I thought that that was kind of rich of her to say because that is like suggesting she has a crystal ball, that she can predict into the future that there will be nothing that could impact the same way it did uh, just, you know, 10 years ago, nine years ago, eight years ago. The same can be said for other countries and the heads of their central banks saying kind of along the same lines that there is gradual gains in the economy, that the economy is growing, albeit at not an acceptable pace, but still a pace that is positive. And of course, uh, we believe and always maintain that a lot of the data they're suggesting is good data to be used to highlight those various examples of growth in the economy can also be seen from a different angle. And as you well know, here on the Real Money Show, we like to go behind the scenes a little bit. So what we did this week was kind of shed some light on where the world's largest economy, the U.S., is actually at and provide some proof that the economic recovery narrative is actually false. And there are some real concrete reasons why, but I pared them down to three specific reasons that I like to see in terms of uh, growth in an economy. And one is, are we getting difference in unemployment? Are we seeing more Uh, really meaningful career positions being created that uh, drive disposable income for families or individuals that are getting into the workplace. Two, are we seeing any of the leading economic indicators in terms of what we use as resources are they growing to the point at which uh, we we've seen either shortages or supply demand problems and three, are we seeing any significant change in uh, what we would uh, call, well, everybody else would look at and say, um, 
the way or the patterns that we see in terms of uh, the overall amount of business that's happening? Are we getting growth in big box companies? Are we getting lots of movement of goods across the world? And we measure that by something called the Baltic Dry Index. So that's, again, three various indicators that we use on a yearly basis that really do historically give an overall picture. Now, more specifically, the financial media really has done a, a great job in providing reams of data trying to lay out the case that this economic recovery the world over is really, really happening and that we're seeing gradual gains. Many of the, the stats that are provided on a week-to-week basis do indeed support the theme, in fact, that the outlook is improving. However, you've got to keep a lot of facts in mind. If we look at the U.S. in particular, the Fed poured huge and continues to pour huge amounts of money into this market, minus the money this so-called economic recovery would have never come to pass. And due to low interest rates uh, in, in these low interest rates that impact all economies across the world, uh, because, of course, we're talking about currency devaluation and things that we've discussed here in the show at large. Due to low interest rate environments, corporations have borrowed money on the very, very cheap end of the scale, and they've poured billions into share buybacks since the crash of 2009. So these are just a couple of things that you have to be very weary of. The average person, in other words, is not really partaking in this economic recovery. So I think as we move into the next segment, we talk more about these three indicators as to whether or not the economy is doing well. The big question here while we go, when, as we go to break is, is it growth if it's debt-fueled? That's sort of the big key question that you're asking with that, with that note, Darren, is that if it's all growth based on the fact that you've gone into debt to do it and the Fed has just created the money and poured it in mm-hmm. and it looks like growth, is it growth? You know, one of the biggest risks right now to the global economy is China uh, in terms of that debt-fueled growth. So that's something that we're, we're definitely going to continue to talk about here on the, the Real Money Show as we go into the next segment. We just want to remind all our listeners that Guildhall deals in physical precious metals. We offer physical precious metals, whether it's direct through guildhallpreciousmetals.com. You can go to guildhallwealth.com and find the e-store through there. We also offer physical precious metals in registered accounts. You can actually own it, hold it in your hand by going to the vault and viewing your own product. It's fully allocated, fully segregated. You can move money from an existing RSP to the current, to a new RSP to hold it. So we have lots of options for clients to hold physical precious metals in their portfolio. And we think it's key for everyone to own actual physical product versus any sort of paper version of the product, because the reason you're holding physical metal is that there's no counterparty risk, that you own it It's similar to having cash under the bed, except that gold is much better than cash. It's got intrinsic value. So again, it's all about owning physical product. If you've never held product before, we suggest you start with maybe a combo pack on the -hmm. the Guildhall Precious Metals store and get some metal in your hand so you get a sense of what, what this really means to own something that's a real asset, real wealth to protect yourself. Lots more coming up. one 878 silver is the number, guildhallwealth.com, and we'll talk more about using your registered accounts. And in that regard, for every $25,000 U.S. invested in that account, like a TFSA, a RIF, LIF, Lira, uh, you'll get five grams of gold, courtesy of Guildhall, up to 10 grams. Some conditions apply. Check the website for lots more details. Real Money Show, Talk Radio, AM 640. One eight seven seven eight silver is the number, guildhallwealth.com, precious metal advisor, e-store, top right corner. Start learning how to get physical metal into your registered accounts as well. If you're doing so, for every $25,000 U.S. invested in one of those accounts, uh, you'll get five grams of gold, courtesy of Guildhall, up to 10 grams, and conditions apply. Jeremy, Darren, let's talk about these uh, three indicators that we left off the uh, last segment with. Yeah, so we're talking about the fact that uh, Janet Yellen came out um talked about uh, the economy and said that uh, she doesn't expect to see a market collapse in her lifetime, um, at least she believes. We know that central bankers like uh, heads of the Fed chairman, Fed chairmans are very good at saying sorry down the road. We know that mm-hmm. Greenspan did it. We know that Bernanke was completely wrong on subprime. I think there's lots of quotes uh, in in that year in 2008 where he said, yeah, it's contained, no problems there, blah, 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 and then boom, the market's tanked. So, you know, they're not wizards. We're pulling back the curtain here to say, 
you know, what what's really behind that powerful voice. And what Darren, you're talking about here are the three are just three indicators that anyone can go to get the information, look at that information and say, is Janet Yellen delusional here in terms of her thinking? Has she looked at the Baltic dry index? Has she looked at employment? Has she looked at um, commodities like copper? And again, if you look at these three things as specific points to whether or not there is growth, what you'll find out pretty quickly is that there isn't. And these are leading economic indicators that um, economists use all over the world to help them understand whether or not there is actual growth. Now, if 15, 20 years ago, we were having the same discussion, these would be commonplace. Understand that most economists around the world would be talking about the usages of different types of resources, how much steel is being used, how much is being bought, how much is ore is being pulled out of the ground. And I'm picking on copper because it's something I know very well, but again, how much copper is being used in building and growth and generating new homes and, and uh, new infrastructure around the world, because of course, it's one of the leading things that we utilize. And then of course... In, in terms of unemployment, is unemployment really dropping? Is it what they say it is, or is it being swept under the rug? And the truth is, it's being swept under the rug on all three of these various points. Now, I'll talk about the Baltic Dry Index first. Now, that is um, a shipping and trade index, which is created by the Baltic Exchange out of London. And basically, the Baltic Dry Index measures the changes in the cost to transport various raw materials, as well as the amount of movement that happens. And we're talking in boats, in terms of boats, and they measure it in many different types of boats and the size of the boat. But overall, it measures the amount of activity, how much is happening. And and before you go forward, I just I just want to point out that it's not as though, you know, because there's always people who say, but there's technology, there's different ways to bring things to market. We don't have beaming technology. If something is built in China, it has to get shipped to North America. Yeah. And the best way to do that is to not put it on a plane, but to put it on a boat. Well, that's it. I mean, and if we look at that, since it's all time high, it's actually trading about 92% below that point at which we said, you know, there was a ton of information flying across the world. We were growing a global economy. No longer did we look at our own country. And this is what we saw leading up to the crash in 2008 and 9. That Baltic dry index was going crazy. It was at all time highs. You had tens of thousands of boats on the water from small to large, going all over the world, moving goods and shipping, shipping resources all over the world. And of course, from that, we, we heard about the pirates. We heard about all the problems that yeah. shipping containers had in certain parts of the world. We're not hearing about that as much anymore. And that's because there's not a lot of ships on the water. You go to your local seaports, you're going to see that there are a lot of shipping containers sitting there doing nothing. Now, that's one indication that the 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 world isn't as rosy as they say it is because if there were, you'd see these ships going back and forth carrying everything that we use on a day-to-day basis. And, and not only that, because I think, you know, you're saying it's down how much? 92% off its high? Off its all-time high. From When, when was the all-time high again? Uh, roughly 2008. 2008. So... We're talking a 92% decrease, and even though there could be a movement towards locally produced things and and that nature, um, you know, we look to the hipsters for, for improving the economy in that sense. Come on, 92%? They're not representing 92% of that. You know, you still need to, to wear shirts and, and clothes, mm-hmm. and you still need to, to buy things. And this is really an indicator that the consumer is gone. You know, that people are getting, they're saying, you know what, maybe I don't need to buy five pairs of shoes. Maybe I'll get by on my, on one pair of shoes for now. And this, and this actually flies in the face of something we're going to talk about a little later, which is, and we've talked about it before on the show, but Canadian debt and household debt. But let's get back to these indicators. And if you look at that and compare it to something like, let's say the TSX, if the TSX was at, uh, you know, 90% lower than what it is right now, and all of the economists out there were saying or claiming that we're in a raging bull market, you'd think they were all insane. So by the same token, if you consider the Baltic Dry Index as one of the leading indicators, this is the same situation that's occurring. And uh, this is creating an illusion uh, that things are okay, that, that things are growing when they're not. 
It was a very, very good indicator, by the way, historically in telling uh, whether or not an economy was growing. If you just paired it with the Baltic Dry Index, you would see a, a correlation that had been in place for, for dozens of decades. So again, this is something that's very important to understand. Now, I picked on copper as one of the resources that we use a lot of around the world, but that's another leading economic indicator, which also clearly illustrates that this recovery is a bit of a, a scam or sham, if you will. Copper has been in a downtrend for about five years now. And if we go back further, you'll see that copper topped around the same time as, as gold and silver did around 2011 and has been trending downward ever since. Now, however, it has experienced a little renaissance as of late, but nothing significant. And if you look at what is uh, essentially copper is used for, you'll know that it's used in new home growth, which is the biggest, if not most important single factor in that particular uh, area of growth uh, in showing and demonstrating that an economy is expanding, not contracting. It's one thing if we're all buying the house that was already built, but it's another thing if we're actually saying there's enough to go around that we need to build and build and build and have more growth. So when you don't see that growth in those particular types of resources, it matters not whether you're looking at gold or silver as a comparison item. It's suggesting that there is a more likely outcome of uncertainty and volatility in the main markets that is going to lead to a very impactful and sudden change, which if you are protected well enough against, will not be as devastating to you, your finances, or your family. And that's why we would recommend having uh, gold and silver in your portfolio. Physical silver and gold, by the way, one eight seven seven eight silver is the number to start investing e-store or get a combo kit like uh, Jeremy mentioned to get started a uh, short time ago. Jeremy. Yeah, you know, look, we're, we're saying we don't, we don't think that the Fed is, uh, we think that they're believing their own lies at this point. So take this into consideration in terms of what we're talking about and just looking at some of the other things that say, well, they can live in a world of their own making and their own... Uh, illusion, but ultimately things, there is a truth and ultimately you can only print so much money. This is why some of those, some of those uh, uh, heads of, of the different feds are talking about the fact that the fed has to pay down its balance sheet. That's how they, they got out of subprime, but none of the problems got solved. They're continuing to just throw money into the system and say, yeah, everything's fine. Everything's fine. No problem. Well, you can believe that for a little while because we have this thing as humans that a six-month period is forever and that makes something real. You know, okay, gold and silver have consolidated for, you know, three, four, five years. No one seems to notice that precious metals have had three up years in a row and that we're starting to really come out and build that massive base that's going to take us to levels that are absolutely extreme. We've seen them in real estate and stock market and cryptocurrencies. We haven't yet seen it in an actual real asset. And this is the market to look out for. So what we're talking about is that you want to be prepared. You want to you wanna make sure that, hey, look, you have, you have all your plans laid out. Everything's going great. You've got everything on black. Put a little bit on red. Make sure you've got a little bit of physical metal in your portfolio. And just getting back to these uh, Fed statements and what to actually look for, I think we should maybe spend a little bit more time as well on the actual employment numbers as well, right, Darren? It's the third indicator. And John, before we go to break, it's imperative that people understand this is the biggie. They are touting in the U.S. that the unemployment rate sits currently through the Bureau of Labor Statistics at about 4.8%, which by all accounts is great. It means we've got established job growth. Uh, we've got unemployment below, which historically 5% is a, a decent number. And of course, that paints a very rosy picture. And they keep touting that. You'll hear it repetitively time and time again, over and over. And if you believe that data, you're part of the majority of people who do. They just take it at face value. But the truth is they are now able to omit tons of data mm -hmm. that before was not something that they did. If we look at, and this is an old friend of the show, 
an old website we've used uh, to draw upon many a times, Shadow Stats, and you can look it up. It is a subscription service, unfortunately. But if you looked at uh, Shadow Stats uh, and what they do on this website is essentially they monitor data the way they used to monitor it before they made changes to how they measure CPI and how they measure unemployment. Mm. And what they found was that if you go and look at the unemployment numbers and you do it the way we did it prior to the crash, then you have to account for the individuals who are still able-bodied working people who are in a position to have a job but no longer able to have social service, have any support network whatsoever, or have just stopped looking. Those people, they no longer count. They're still able to work, but they can't get social assistance because they've run out of welfare. Mm-hmm. And they have stopped looking for a job. So those people used to be counted in the collection of data up until the crash. And then they said, well, that's a huge chunk of people. Let's just swipe that under the rug, sweep it under the rug. Who cares? So that's what they did. And they basically took them off of that list. And of course you get 4.8%. However, if we include those people in the measurement of unemployment, the unemployment rate suddenly jumps to not 10, not 12, not 18%. Not 20%. It jumps to 22% Jeez. in the U.S. And that, my friends, is a true picture of the situation that is occurring in the U.S. And if we're not careful, soon to be here in Canada, because we are guilty, guilty, guilty of sweeping data under the rug when it suits us. The banks are doing it. The economists are doing it. The central bankers are doing it. And they're doing it to the convenience of their own needs. Whatever suits them. It's re-election, it's politicians, it's, you know, data that needs to be processed in order to maintain the corporate culture so that large corporations get the break so that we can continue to tell the people that things are okay and they're not. So if you're listening to this show and you agree with us, it's time to take action. It's time to call that number that John gives out. It's time to get to the website that we give out, buy some physical gold or silver and take it home. Store it with us. If you're uncertain about where to put it or how to safely secure it in your home, store it through our depository. If you have a registered account, a TFSA, an RSP, or you've never had one, call us. Let us help you get one opened up or transfer from an existing one some of your assets that are in the, what I like to call, more unknown realm of volatility, which has now become the stock market for us. If you've got too much on one side of the plate and you need to shift it over to the other, call us. We're happy to help you out. We'll put some gold and silver in there for you. You'll be able to see it and touch it. You'll be able to visit your product. You'll be able to choose the types of product you'd want to own or buy. And don't go away because when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about where we stand. And of course, we've got some news in Color Diamonds, the Argyle Mine. Again, more pink data coming out, and it's not as rosy as it seems. In addition to that, in the last segment, we're going to touch base on margin accounts, and this is a big one for us, so please stay tuned. one silver that number, guildhallwealth.com. Your registered accounts, more of that talk coming up, and of course, Color Diamonds, as Darren mentioned. Real Money Show, Talk Radio, AM 640. One eight seven seven eight silver is the number. Precious Metal Advisor, the investor kit. Call for that. Guildhallwealth.com is the website. Uh, details on how you can use your registered accounts to get some physical metals into those accounts. And if you're doing so, $25,000 US or more, if that's your investment, you'll get five grams of gold, courtesy of Guildhall. Some conditions apply uh, on that one. Jeremy. So right now we're going to talk about another asset that we offer at Guildhall that we use as a means to protect and grow wealth long term. And that is a hard asset like a natural fancy colored diamond. And the way it works is, is quite simple. Hard assets that are very, very rare go up in value. And there's not much more to it than that. Uh, getting involved in one can be, uh, you know, you have to know a little bit more uh, what you're doing. But essentially, the idea here is that when you look back in time and you look at what where the ultra wealthy put their put their money where royalty put their money how did people conserve and grow wealth before there was a thing of the stock market mm. um, and uh, you know the the myth of the stock market and and all of that stuff so ultimately it came down to uh, jewels gold 
pirate treasure. You know, this yeah. is this is kind of what we're talking about here, pirate treasure, and that that really was wealth uh, in in the past. And guess what? It still is today. How do you know? There's no reason why someone would pay fifty three million dollars for a pair of earrings uh, unless it was something that was going to continue to move up in value. You know, we were looking at one of the diamonds that we offer at Guildhall, which is this uh, this emerald yellow uh, diamond. And uh, we were looking through the Fancy Color Research Foundation and looking up the reports, and less than 10 emerald-cut vivid yellow diamonds come to GIA every year. That's the Gemology, uh, Gemological Institute of America. So we're talking less than 10 diamonds get actually a pre- um, get graded by GIA every year. So this is a very, very rare diamond. And if you think about that, less than 10 people around the globe could own one of these mm-hmm. diamonds between one and, th- and three carats. It's pretty special. And that's what our clients are looking for. They're looking for something that's going to give them an edge in terms of rarity that is going to be long-term growth. And we've seen that long-term growth in the market. For example, uh, a one carat intense yellow. So when we're talking about color grades, there's three color grades. There's vivid, that's the most strong saturated color. Intense is one level down and fancy is one level down beyond that. Then there's some peripheral. There's fancy light, there's fancy deep. Um, we're looking mainly at the three uh, because they provide the strongest colors. But a fancy intense yellow, five years ago, six years ago, you could have bought for twelve, thirteen thousand dollars Canadian. Today they're selling for about twenty four, twenty five thousand Canadian pre tax. So the improvement in the in just an intense yellow and just again outlaying anywhere between twelve and fifteen thousand dollars where it's moved from there is quite remarkable. And every year then then people coming into the market just naturally have to pay more for those diamonds. And that's that's the key here. You want to keep an asset that every year someone else has to pay more for and every year someone has to pay more for. And maybe it becomes an asset that you just hold in your family as part of the wealth and you pass that down. Or maybe it becomes something that you use towards your retirement in 15, 20 years time. time. So it's a great asset because you don't have to watch it. There's no... There, there's no cost of doing business. You know, you can put it in a safety deposit box, put it in a personal safe. It is insurable if you, you know, if, mm-hmm. if you want to do that. Um, that would be your only cost of doing business. And it's just such, it's so simple. And the other part of it is it's also very beautiful. You can wear it. And you can wear it. Mm-hmm. We, we have lots of clients that create their own jewelry. They bring us their inspirations and we bring it to our jeweler and, He'll, he'll make some suggestions and how they can improve the design perhaps or how they can make it better um, bring bring to life their their ideas. So that's something we're seeing uh, very popular and you see that as well, right? You see a lot of actresses wearing natural fancy colored diamonds now. Um, I know uh, Jennifer Lopez was sort of the first and I mean when we think about what she what she got from from Ben Affleck, I think it was something like a six carat pink. I mean, what that would be worth today in a decade's time is absolutely ridiculous. We we read an article about six months ago about this couple in Miami. They bought uh, a diamond for, I can't remember, it was a a few hundred thousand dollars. And then within a decade, it was worth something like 10 million and they sold it. And that's what a natural fancy color diamond can do if you buy the right ones. And that's what we do at Guildhall is we go out, we search out for the best type of diamonds possible because I've seen diamonds where when you're looking at the diamond the the color just isn't right or the way the facets have been cut it looks good on paper but when you actually look at the diamond and loop the diamond there's just some issues with it that don't feel right and don't look right and you don't have to be an expert to to see if something makes sense or not Um, how do you know that you know I went to the the Musée d'Orsay and I was looking and the Van Gogh exhibit area is always packed. Why? Because they're just great, fun color. You know, they're just enjoyable paintings. Everyone likes them. It's just how it is. If it appeals to you, it's going to appeal to someone else. one eight seven seven eight silver is the number. Guildhalldiamonds.com to check out the collection. Okay. Argyle. More news again.
Again, we have the pink diamonds in the news, and this is not mainstream data. This is not something that's coming across the desk as something you would see in everyday uh, Google updates or in the you know in the various newspapers that we read or come across the sites that we read. This is what we dig up, and again, this is what sets us apart from other places in the world that sell colored diamonds. Number one, our world-class inventory, and number two, the amount of research that we do on these particular colors. We're building our pink inventory. We're, we're in the process of doing that. We're taking a lot of diamonds, and we're putting them in the back of the safe because we're coming into a period of time right now, John, as I've been writing about more uh, recently, that we are seeing the world's largest provider of pink diamond, which is the Argyle Mine. They're producing around, by all reports, 80 to 90% of all pink diamonds on a year-to-year basis. We are seeing that mine literally start to slow. And this is, uh, you know, like the the supernova or the birth of a star, yeah. you know, or the implosion of, of a star. We are seeing the very tail end of uh, what is happening at the business. And they're keeping their numbers up, meaning the carrots coming out of the ground per year are consistently remaining the same right now. But the amount of ore that they have and ground that they have to dig and pull out of the ground is dropping off dramatically. Now, I wrote about this about a month and a half ago, and we talked about the ore reserves depleting in the Argyle mines. We already know that they were going to close the mine or had enough reserves under current conditions to extend the mine life about two or three years ago into underground mining uh, by about two or three years. Now, we know that that's going to take them to somewhere around 2021. Mm -hmm. At the JCK show where Paul and Jeremy were not but uh, 30 to 40 days ago in uh, the first weekend of June, this is the world's largest uh, diamond show, one of the best. And we go every year and Jeremy and Paul were there. And again, very difficult to find high quality diamonds. People are either putting them in the back of their safe or they're not showing them. And it was very difficult to come across any quality. So there was uh, an issue there. But again, this is what people were saying. They were saying that the Argyle mine looks like it's going to close around 2021. I have news here from this week's article that's going to completely dispute that. Jeremy, you want to say something? I was just going to say, you know, again, about the JCK show, there, there was just a very limited amount of product. When we've, when we've gone to the show in the past, we always managed to find something very interesting, something very of good, of great value, something that we knew we would want for ourselves, that we knew that um, that a collector, connoisseur, or just a, an investor would want. This year was extremely difficult to find what we would say you know, sort of a bread and butter type of diamond that we know everyone everyone wants. In terms of pinks, that was what we normally go after is something like a quarter carat to half a carat or under half a carat. So anywhere from 0.25 of a carat up to let's say 0.45 of a carat. Pink, whether it's fancy or intense, but we're always looking for VS quality or better. And there was just nothing. Now, we did end up getting a couple other things that were of, of incredible interest, like the green diamond, which we sold right away. Um, and there was one or two others that, that we're going to be talking about soon. But in terms of those type of diamonds that we're looking for, um, they're not there. And in terms of dealers putting stuff to the back of the safe, you know, that's a balancing act. That's something that they're all aware of, that they all need to do it because that's what happens is is you you over time you create a collection that eventually you could sell and that's your retirement it's very similar to a a a gallery owner you know they're they're selling art it's their job to sell art but hopefully they hold on to one or two key pieces along the way and then eventually they can use that right but Every diamond dealer is building their business. They can't all just hold on to the best thing. They, right. they, uh, they do need to sell those too. And again, we were not seeing those. So I think in terms of pinks, I think the this is a little bit like, I would say it's a little bit like going to um, a condo presentation and the building's more than half sold and the good units are, are gone and you're it's starting to become slim pickings in a way. And on the heels of that, what we find is a situation where uh, most companies that sell pinks 
number one, have lower quality inventory. That's the probably the main issue that we come across on a week to week. No week passes, John, without people calling our office saying, I got an option to buy a pink. What do you think it's worth? Should I buy it? And of course, although they're not buying from us, we still give them the feedback and usually those people end up buying from us. But the uh, truth is that we are also looking at this window of opportunity as something every mainstream client of ours should have a piece of. It's like saying we are going to stop making the Mustang in the late 60s, you know, or early 70s, or, you know, we're going to stop making this kind of Mustang, or this is the last type of Porsche that's going to be made in this particular variety. This is the last 350. We're almost at that point now in the Argyle mine, and uh, we're watching very closely, and we're on the Facebook groups of the employees that work at Argyle Mine. We're watching all of that dwindle down to almost nothing. And this particular article this week was talking about the agreement between Rio Tinto, which is the parent company of the Argyle Mine, and the Kununara, uh, which is the local uh, regional indigenous people that are there uh, in northwestern Australia. And it talks about their relationship and where the support that's coming in the way of remuneration and payment from a portion of proceeds is going to and how it's divided. And they're saying that the indigenous peoples of the region are getting very antsy because they are seeing firsthand the depletion of the ore reserves and the very end is near. Now, this article, which was written on Tuesday of this week, states that upon completing the research for writing this article, Argyle insiders are saying that the mine is closing in 2020. That's it. That's it. So that's they're saying unofficially is the closing date, 2020, and like a Fabergé egg, imagine being able to buy one at what was already an expensive price, there's no two ways about it, and then finding out they're never going to be made again. Instantly, overnight, those become the most sought-after collectible pieces. It happened in blue diamonds. It's happened in red diamonds. It's about to happen in pinks. Oh. So what you can buy as, a, as an investor for 30, 35, 40, 50, 80, 100,000 right now could overnight become 10, 15 times that value very easily. And for me, and I'll tell you in one example before we go to break into the fourth segment, I have a client that has been buying on a regular basis year over year, and he's bought selective pieces, usually smaller pink diamonds in the just under a half carat range. He's now begun to buy the larger pieces because he said, look, I've typically all my life bought real estate. I'm seeing an end or I'm seeing the end nearing. I'm not willing to take risk. I've been a flipper, not a person who wants to rent out or hold pieces for a long time. And, uh, I'm going to stop doing it. And over the last 15 months, despite the fact that housing prices have gone higher, he has upped his uh, allocation of pink diamonds dramatically. So he is uh, among the very first in the astute level of investors to do so. And I would like for everybody at Guildhall who's listening to understand that there is literally a pot of gold at the end of that rainbow that's so enormous that could be so meaningful to your family wealth and so meaningful to you that it would be a shame to let it go by while these prices are still affordable. And it's long-term wealth. It's something that's so easy to acquire, you know, whether you have as little as uh, $15,000 to invest in a diamond long-term or as much as a million dollars to invest uh, for the long-term. You put in what you feel is money that you can afford to put away. In other words, you've covered your expenses, you've covered your, you know, RSP contributions, your your mortgage payments, whatever it is, and you still have some money that you can put away for the long term. This is where you you put those those funds. You put it into something that has literally in a pink diamond zero volatility since they've been keeping records, um, and they've started keeping records as far back as the 70s. So, you know. This is something that as long as you pick rarity and as long as you pick quality, you are going to do fantastically well. This has been our experience. We're very confident in these diamonds. And again, the, the key to this is is investing in a diamond that is has incredible good qualities. We saw diamonds. I, uh, we were just talking about the JCK show. VS quality, pink diamond, let's say 0.28. I can't remember exactly the size. Brilliant cut said, oh, you know what? On paper, it says everything that we're looking for. Loop the diamond, and it was crap. It literally was just something that you wouldn't, 
you, you would not put it on the same level as the type of diamonds that we had procured in the past. And your choice is to either say, well, I'll, I'll bid very tiny money on that or not buy it. And of course, why would you put any money into something like that? The key is to buy quality, quality, quality. And anyone who invests in a diamond from Guildhall can be assured that we have put the effort in to find the absolute best quality. We've personally invested in those diamonds and we're bringing those diamonds to the public. We're members of the um, Fancy Color Research Fide uh, Foundation. We're members of the NCDIA, which is the Natural Color Diamond uh, Institute of America. We do have GIA alumni on staff. And uh, of course, there's also money back guarantees on the diamonds for a limited time. And so, you know, we're providing everything that you need to make sure that what you're buying from us is of the absolute best quality. One eight seven seven eight silver is the number. GuildhallDiamonds.com. Short break and back with more of The Real Money Show. Talk radio, AM640. one eight seven seven eight silver the number. GuildhallWealth.com. Your registered accounts, you can use those to get physical metals into those accounts. And if you're doing so, for every $25,000 U.S. invested, five grams of gold will be yours, up to uh, 10 grams. Some conditions apply. Darren. Well, John, we spent the show talking about a few different assets that we have at Guildhall in gold, silver, and colored diamonds. And more importantly, the theme of today's show was focused around really shedding a bit more light on the reality of where we are globally in the growth of this economy. And it's to say that a lot of data is being swept under the rug and missed opportunities really, really are abundant when this happens because if you're mining only the mainstream data, you're going to believe what they're saying. And we're suggesting you don't. We're suggesting you look a step further behind the scenes and try to uncover what we see every day. And we talked about three specific key indicators in the Baltic Dry Index, the amount of copper being used, and the unemployment rate in the U.S. And all three of those are leading indicators that tell us the economy is not doing what they suggest it's supposed to be doing at this point in time. We touched earlier on Canadian debt, and I want people to understand that this is a very complex topic, but in a nutshell, it's basically higher than it's ever been. So we've essentially learned nothing from 2008, what happened to the south of us. We've still delved into more credit card debt than we've ever had before. We've got higher auto debt than we've ever had before. And again, people are still cramming as much material wealth into their everyday lives as possible, but we're seeing huge and not so subtle changes happening. And I think that if you're one of those people who believe that there's growth, why not have an insurance policy in the form of gold, silver, and colored diamonds? I just want to add to that, Darren, because you're talking about Canadian debt. And um, basically, there was an article out on uh, CBC uh, just uh, last week that showed that households on average owed $174 for every $100 of disposable income in the first quarter of this year. Uh, that came from the Parliamentary Budget Office. So we know that debt is increasing. There was also another article that came out um, a couple days ago on uh, Huffington Post that was saying that even though Stephen Pelos is saying that the 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 time of ultra-low interest rates is, is coming to an end, which, by the way, mimicked what every central banker around the globe came out and said last week. It's like there was, it's like they all made that phone call to each other and said, okay, what's the, what's the argument going to be this week? What are we all going to be doing? We're all going to come out and say, economy's great, negative interest rates, low interest rates, time is coming to an end. We're going to, you know, things are going to get back to normal. But on the heels of that, just to steal a term from you there, Darren, um, the Bank of International Settlements has come out and said that uh, Canada is one of the most at-risk financial systems in the world, only behind Hong Kong and China. So, and, and again, this is on uh, th this was on Huffington Post. We'll put it up on our LinkedIn group, and we'll also put it out in next week's uh, Precious Metal Advisor. But there is a lot of risk in the system. There is a lot of growing debt, and the whole what what you're talking about, Darren, about the you know central bankers saying the economies are great, but when you look at these three indicators, how is the economy actually growing? And it's like saying, okay, we're blowing, we're trying to inflate a balloon that we call the economy. But there's a hole in it. There's a tiny hole in it, which is the fact that you're doing this all with debt and you have to pay the debt. So you just can't, the balloon can't blow up anymore because 
is being done with debt. It's like having a hole in the balloon. You just can't grow it any further well, than it will grow. Problem is there's 40 holes in the balloon now. Yeah, well, And you're yeah. filling it with debt each time, right? right? I mean, you know, we'll just fill it with a little more debt here and that'll and it, plug and, the hole. And, and the, the mainstream media and the central bankers, in terms of plugging those holes, they're just doing it with jargon. Well, that's right. just it. I mean, listen, if you're as if you're as excited as we are and passionate about your money and your wealth and protecting your family, let us give you a suggestion on one way you can buy gold and silver through Guildhall Wealth Management. We talked about it on last week's show and we'll spend some time again today here in the last segment. And that is our margin option. Not for everybody. And we'll be the first to say that if you're not a risk taker, maybe not for you at all, but we'll also help you to make that decision. You can open up an account be able to use somebody else's money and be able to develop a position in either gold or silver. We have two types of margin accounts, a margin allocated account and a margin power allocated account in that second example, which can be attached to your TFSA, which is very exciting. In either account, you can leverage up to 60% of your purchase, meaning if you wanted to lay out uh, you know, $100,000, you could put up as little as 60%. You could put out as little as 40%. So that is a very smart way to invest if you are able to have the disposable income and you understand the risk adversity in that type of account. Never overextend yourself. Never use borrowed funds to uh, to make this type of investment or money that you need for day-to-day expenses. But in this example, let me tell you how powerful it is. 1,000 ounces of silver typically would cost in US dollars around 17,000 right now. In this particular account, you can get that same account, all expenses in, all premiums paid, everything good to go. Own 100 ounce Royal Canadian Mint silver bars with serial numbers, be able to go see your product and touch it for under 10,000 US. So in that same example, you're getting all of that buying power. You're being able to earn on that buying power. You're paying a small amount of storage and financing on that position. But as that market moves up, instead of needing a $17 move, you only need a $10 move. It's a significant difference. And that is the power of having a margin account. We're going to spend some more time over the coming weeks talking about that. But essentially, we have uh, probably two or three really good solutions for you when it comes to the ways you can use margin accounts. So we haven't spent a lot of time today, but please think about it. In addition to that, remember, if you want physical gold or silver, Guildhall is the only place in Canada that gives the type of service level that we give. We come right to you. We tailor make every purchase to what your specifications are, whether it's just taking the product home or storing it with us, putting it in a registered account or a combination of all these things. Remember, school year is over. Congratulations to those kids that have gotten through the school year and are moving on to the next grade or maybe to a new chapter in their life. RESPs, Registered Education Savings Plans, very smart way to prepare for your college or university education. And uh, we're able to share all of that and more, John, with our clients when they call. So everybody hope you're having a great and safe, fantastic July 1st Canada weekend. And we look forward to speaking with you on next week's show. one 8 silver is the number. Guildhallwealth.com, the Precious Metal Advisor, the Investor Kit. All the things you need to know about using registered accounts like RESPs, as Darren mentioned, is online as well. If you're planning to do so, investing $25,000 US or more, uh, you'll get five grams of gold with that investment up to 10 grams. Go to the website for more details. Till next time, Real Money Show, Talk Radio, AM 640.